welcome to the Health Advocate podcast episode 15. My name is Rebecca Haddock and I am the director of the Diebel Institute for Health Policy Research here at the Australian Healthcare and Hospitals Association. For those of you who aren't familiar with the Diebel Institute, we are the research arm of AAHA and our mission is to help ensure that evidence is a cornerstone for development of health policy in Australia. One of the ways we like to do this is through forming practical connections between researchers, policymakers, and practitioners, and also by creating opportunities for our university partners to translate research into good health policy and practice. Today I'm speaking with Dr. Shalika Hegder, who is a dentist by trade, has a double master's in public health and health promotion, and is currently the manager for the Centre for Value-Based Oral Healthcare at Dental Health Services Victoria. Shalika is also the recipient of a 2019 Diebel Summer Scholarship from AAHA. These scholarships are supported by HESTA and provide scholars with a background in health services research the opportunity to gain a better understanding of how to make academic research relevant to policymakers. Shalika, welcome to the Health Advocate podcast. Thank you, Rebecca. Shalika, you spent six weeks with us here at AAHA earlier in the year to write a health policy brief on funding outcomes and value in public dental health services. In fact, I believe the full title of your brief was Reorienting Funding from Volume to Value in Public Dental Health Services. But before we discuss the brief, can you please tell us a little bit about your role at Dental Health Services Victoria and why it led you to apply for a scholarship with AAHA? Sure. I'm the manager for the Centre for Value-Based Healthcare at Dental Health Services Victoria, which is the lead public dental agency in Victoria. I have been working closely in the area of value-based healthcare along with my colleagues for the past four years or so. In October 2018, Dental Health Services Victoria became the first organisation in Australia and internationally to implement value-based healthcare in the public dental sector. Now, operationalising value-based healthcare requires whole healthcare system transformation. While Australia has the support from national policy makers, it lacks national level policies that enable the transition towards value-based healthcare. I wanted to explore what national policy authorizing environment is required to enable the transition to value-based healthcare in Australia. I applied for the scholarship with AAHA as it represents the voice of public healthcare. AAHA has a strong position on evidence-informed policies in healthcare, a genuine commitment to support an outcomes-focused, patient-centered healthcare system, and is seen as Australia's thought leadership organization for value-based healthcare. Wow, that's some very nice comments there. Shalika, there are a lot of different interpretations of value-based healthcare. What does it mean to you, and do you think it really matters how people interpret it? So value-based healthcare is a patient-centric approach to designing and managing healthcare systems that have the potential to deliver improved health outcomes that matter most to patients at a lower cost. So improving value for patients therefore requires improving patient outcomes without raising costs or lowering costs without compromising outcomes or both. Now to answer the second part of your question, yes, it matters how value is interpreted. Value should always be interpreted and defined around patient needs and outcomes. The healthcare system is a complex matrix of service providers, funding bodies, and governance structures, collectively representing an integrated system of care with shared purpose of improving health outcomes. So value-based healthcare principles should be the common thread connecting all tiers of governments and 
all levels of health services, including designing, organizing, delivering, funding, and evaluating health services. So value for patient is thus mobilized and created by the entire healthcare system's combined efforts to improve outcomes over the full cycle of patient's care. I would also like to highlight that value-based healthcare is a shared and ongoing journey of health system transformation, where we observe gains in value and outcomes for individual patients, scaled to population-level improvements in health outcomes. Shalika, your brief provides a number of recommendations for reorienting the public dental funding mechanisms to better enable value-based healthcare. Why do you think it's important to consider funding reforms when we talk about reform for value-based healthcare? The strategic policy intent and appropriate funding reforms are critical for transitioning the current healthcare systems towards value-based healthcare. Within the context of value-based healthcare, funding reforms must enable an effective, accessible, equitable and sustainable healthcare system focused on patient-centred outcomes. Taking oral health as an example, in Australia, the current oral health policy and funding environment limits the capacity of the public dental sector to achieve high-value outcomes because the current fee-for-service public dental funding model prioritizes outputs over outcomes and volume over value. Health inequalities will exacerbate in the future if current funding strategy continues to solely focus on volume-based treatment for more people. Past funding reforms have not comprehensively improved the oral health outcomes of the population. There is significant growth in oral health expenditure that far exceeds the Commonwealth budget for oral health service delivery. Expenditure on oral diseases is ranked second after cardiovascular disease. Most oral diseases are preventable, yet approximately $10.2 billion was spent on dental care in Australia in 2016 and 17. So we must understand that health spending itself is insufficient to improve value and outcomes. For example, high spending does not necessarily equate to good health outcomes. Policymakers must consider the quality of health care and outcomes achieved, given the relatively high level of expenditure for oral health care. This will require a new approach to funding reforms that allows us to accurately measure cost and compare them with the outcomes. So reorienting the current fee-for-service public dental funding model to support outcomes within the available Commonwealth resources and current funding arrangements between the Commonwealth, state and territory governments will improve the stewardship to provided by the governments. As Porter and Teesberg, the pioneers of value-based healthcare, point out, if outcomes improve, patient payers and providers can collectively benefit whilst the economic sustainability of the healthcare system increases. So, Shalika, I mentioned before that your brief is titled Reorienting Funding from Volume to Value in Public Dental Health Services, and the publication can be found on the AHHA website. Can you tell us a little bit about the recommendations in your brief? Sure. So the recommendations in the brief draws on local and international evidence for funding reforms as part of value-based healthcare implementation. So the high-level recommendations include Commonwealth and state governments should reorient the current fee-for-service public dental funding model to a blended funding model with risk-adjusted capitation base and outcome-based components. 
this should be enabled and optimized within the current funding arrangements to achieve the right balance between health equity and economic costs. Funding reforms will need to consider blending different incentives that maximize value for money in public investments and achieve better outcomes for patients, funders, and healthcare systems. So these incentives should consider improving value for money by assessing the value of healthcare investments and measuring if the benefits of spending exceed the costs, reducing unwarranted variation including disinvesting and limiting low-value services that does not improve health outcomes, improving safety and quality outcomes, and linking these outcomes to patient to payment incentives. There is a need for the development of a nationally consistent and standardized outcomes metrics and framework to track outcomes and costs longitudinally. So improving the focus on prevention at an individual and population level is very important to achieve a cost-effective way of delivering public dental services. It is also important to enable all members of the dental workforce to work to their top scope of practice, including allowing the use of appropriate workforce skill mix that builds the capacity of the public dental services to effectively respond to pricing signals. So the funding models should be reformed in conjunction with the creation of a nationally standardized and coordinated approach to the collection and use of clinical service and patient reported experience and outcome measures across the whole healthcare system. For example, governments should introduce a standard set of patient reported outcome measures, such as those developed by the International Consortium of Health Outcome Measurements to develop a nationally consistent outcomes framework that will aid in improving accountability, allocation of resources, sharing best practices and system level outcome evaluation. The Australian Hospital Patient Experience Question Set developed by the Australian Commission on Safety and Quality in Healthcare must be adopted nationally to track patient experience. Finally, the Commonwealth should create a national policy authorizing environment that will enable appropriate reforms to be implemented and tested. Shlika, you've talked about these recommendations in the setting of oral health. Do you think they can be applied to the health sector more broadly? Absolutely. The principles that are discussed and the recommendations provided in the brief are totally applicable to the broader healthcare sector. Similar to countries such as the US, Canada, Sweden and Netherlands, Australia is moving towards aligning its current healthcare system with value-based healthcare principles with a strong focus on patient outcomes. The 2018 Heads of Agreement for Public Hospitals Funding has reaffirmed a Commonwealth focus on funding reforms designed to improve patient outcomes in primary care. So this brief draws on local and international evidence in both dental and broader healthcare settings that provide the rationale and evidence to enable transition to value-based healthcare and maximize value and outcomes for patients, government, and the whole healthcare system. Thanks, Shalika. As I said previously, you've spent some time with us here at AHHA through the scholarship program. What was this experience like? Working with AHHA and the Teeble Institute for Health Policy Research has been a valuable learning experience. 
the mentoring, encouragement and support received was extraordinary. The scholarship provided me with an opportunity to connect with national health policy leaders and be mentored by them in my field of practice. Working with AHA and DABLE enabled me to explore Australia's health policy landscape and build my strengths further in evidence-informed policy development and translating research into strong health policy and practice. I would like to extend my thanks to all AHA staff who I see as inspirational role models in public health sector. Shalika, thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to read Shalika's policy brief or just find out more information on the Diebel Institute for Health Policy Research Scholarship Program, which opens again for next year in October, you can visit the AHA website or follow us on Twitter. 